Je so mutle bazalwane. Je so mutle ne. I am I am hum, humbly honored to stand here today to share the word of God with the brethren. Hallelujah. The theme of our conference is fulfill your destiny. Hallelujah. I know bazalwane that in many places we go to and many times we go to conferences and we here at home we have conferences every year but it is my prayer that every conference that comes take us to another level there's an element of each conference that speaks of the oracles of god that we get to a place where we can't afford to do what we want anymore but we do what he wants for us hallelujah Jesus is Lord. Amen. Um let's go to the book of Ephesians chapter 1. Khanya yohle ke how Jesus. It belongs to you Lord. Father we thank you for your word. That is active and alive, sharper than any double-edged sword. It judges the intentions of the heart. It cuts between bone and marrow and soul and spirit. It forever remains. It is established from eternity to eternity. Thank you, my God, today that we are privileged to hear that very word. We thank you that today that very word is going to bring activity in our lives. We thank you, Lord, for your presence in this place, for it brings um, wisdom to the simple mind. Lord your presence brings courage it brings us to a place Lord of being confident in you we thank you today in Jesus name amen hallelujah um the book of ephesians chapter 1 let's read from verse 4 It says for he chose us in him before the creations of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight in love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance to the pleasure of his will hallelujah the bible says that god has chosen us in him before the creation of the world exactly as miriam said and and he po- she pointed out something very interesting that that means before the world was created god had me in mind and for me that means god created everything so that it can exist for me hallelujah the bible says in verse 5 that he predestined for us he predestined us for the adoption to sonship through Christ Jesus in accordance to the pleasure of his will. I I looked up the word destiny. I remember when I was saying that I want this conference to carry this theme. Someone was like, "Destiny. It's like a magazine." <laughs> But Bazalani, we are a people that God has predestined. When I read the word destiny it said that it's something to which a person or a thing is destined. The other definition says a, a predetermined set of events held to be an irresistible power to be in an irresistible power or agency. The other definition says that it is God's purpose for your life 
your appointed and ordained future. It is what God has predetermined that you should be and to do. Hallelujah. In other words, when we say fulfill your destiny, we say do that which God has set for you to do or become that which God has set for you to become before the foundations of the world. Amen, Bazaran. Um, God, the Bible says in, in where we just read, the Bible says that he has called us and and, and predestined us for the adoption of sonship. You see, when a person is to fulfill their destiny, they have to understand their identity. I know it sounds like I'm rhyming. <laughs> Hallelujah. If we read in the book of um, Romans chapter 8 verse 20, 29 to 30, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he, call, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. Hallelujah. And I, and I understood this to say that God has called us to be his children. And for, for us to become God's children, we go through Jesus. Amen. So the, the Bible teaches us here that because God had us before time, he has said for us that we should walk with him. We should be his children. Whatever the enemy tried to do in, in, in the Garden of Eden, God came back and worked out a plan just so we can come back to being the children that he had meant for us to become. Hallelujah. And in Christ Jesus, through the work of Calvary, God brings us back to himself. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that when we receive Jesus, when you read about God and the, I mean, Jesus and the Holy Spirit, the Bible says when we receive Jesus, we receive the promised Holy Spirit. And the world cannot receive the Holy Spirit. When we become children of Jesus, of God, then we, we have the privilege to be called the children of God. The Bible says so. And then the Bible says we also have a gift that the world cannot receive. Amen. Now, when we, <clears throat> excuse me, when, when we acknowledge and understand that we are God's children, we understand that God has a business that he has set for us. The Bible says that we are God's sons, God's heirs. We are co-heirs with Christ Jesus. The Bible says that. I care about So the Bible says that, okay, let me read it here. It's, it's in verse 17 of the same chapter. It says that, now if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. Hallelujah. Jesus says in the book of John 15, four, verse 14, he says, I have called you friends. For servants do not know the master's business. For everything I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. He's talking to his disciples, Bazalan. I just want us to wrap up this, this part, your yeah, identity. Jesus says to his disciples that 
I call you friends. But he, he continues to say something very interesting in that line. He says, for everything I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. That means whatever you know, as I know, Nakili Esan, I have put you and asked you to come and stand on the same place with me. If my father walks in now and he asks something, you should be able to answer as I would. If my father expects something of you and I have taught everything that you, that my father has taught me, that I have learned from my father, you are able to stand in my gap. But he says, I've made you friends. I call you friends. That's what he says here. But then he says something very interesting. He said, everything I've learned from my father. I mean, you know, your mom has taught you stuff that some you don't share with your friends. Some of you have recipes you can't share with your friends because they are from your mom or from your grandma. But Jesus here says, I have held nothing back. I have taught you everything, everything. Even as Miriam said, where we read, he says, God has given us every spiritual blessing. And the Bible continues to say that God has given us everything pertaining to, to life and godliness. Hallelujah. Now, how do we then get to a place where we are able to fulfill our destinies? If, if I then understand who I am in God, what, what should I do going forward? My advice is continue in the revealed will of God. The, the, the revealed will and purpose of God, it is right here, Bazalan. We need to walk in line with what the word of God says concerning our lives. Amen. We need to, if the word says pray without ceasing, that's exactly what we need to do. If the Bible says stay in the word, that's exactly what we need to do. We need not look to the left, we need not look to the right, but we need to focus and stay on course and do exactly that which God says we should do until he comes and tells us to do differently. Until he comes and begin to reveal specifics concerning your call. You see, as we sit here, the Bible says that we are all, the Spirit gives us all the gifts as he wills. And he gives us differently. He doesn't give us the same thing because we are supposed to use these gifts for the body of Christ. Amen, Bazalan. And until God has revealed to you that which you are supposed to do, walk in what he has already said we should do. The Great Commission calls us to go out and love souls and win souls for Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then, if we can, if we can turn um, our books to First Corinthians chapter two, verse nine. Earlier on, I mentioned that the Bible says, because we are children of God, we receive the Holy Spirit that the world cannot receive. And for us to be able to fulfill our destiny, we need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us. Jesus was with his disciples for about three years. And in the book of John 14, he says, hope I'm not lying. Verse 16, he says, I will pray my father that he will bring another advocate for you. One who will walk beside you. The Amplified says that he is he, he's the advocate, he's the helper, he's the strengthener, the counselor. A standby. For us to be able to fulfill the will of God, we need the Holy Spirit of God. 
That is why you can't be predestined as a child of God. You can't have a destiny in God if you did not receive Jesus. So if you're sitting here today thinking Miriam wanted to embarrass you, I've got news for you. Scary ones. You do not have a future in God. We only have the destiny that we want to fulfill when we are in God. Outside of God, we do not have any of that. The Bible just told, told us now that to those that he foreknew, he predestined and he called them and he justified them and he glorified them. If you're not in Jesus and you're not being, you did not get justified. You see, when we receive Jesus, we become justified just as if we did not do it. God looks at us and he sees the blood of Jesus and he says, I like this picture. But he looks at you if you're not born again and God just thinks, yeah, this, this does not look good. And the Bible says for us to get to that glory, that place of destiny, we need to be justified. The Bible clearly says we have been called. It clearly says God has set us and for us he has put a set of events that we need to go through. A set of events that we need to walk through. Things that we need to experience in life. Things we need to do for God. Things we need to believe God for that will take us where we are going in the future. And some of the things you will accomplish them here on earth. And some of the things you will never see them until you stand in, in front of the throne and God says, well done. My good and faithful servant. Some of you pray for us every day. We don't even know about it because you don't broadcast it. But one day God will say, well done, my good and faithful servant. And some of us sleep and we think, no, Lord, it's too cold to pray. Why don't they even pray for themselves? But you see, your faithfulness in praying for the leadership, your faithfulness in praying for those who are already walking in their discovered call is setting, up, is setting them up for success. Because the Bible says, the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Do not look down on yourself. Do not look down on that gift that God has given you. Because the Bible says, we are all members of the body. Can this finger say, it does not need the body? Can my eye say, oh, I'm good enough, I can see? Because if it says it, it's good enough and it, it can see and it goes out, lo and behold, it does not have feet to carry it to see. So we are very important as we sit here today, Bazalan. And every destiny that God has placed in our togetherness tonight, it is important to where we are going as a church. It is important to go where we are going as the body of Christ. It is important for the kingdom and for the king. Hallelujah. When we read in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, the Bible says that, however... As it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him, these are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For we know, for who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them. In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. 
we have we have received we we what we have received is not the spirit of the world but the spirit the, but the spirit who is from god hallelujah Barcelon, we need the spirit of the living god to reveal the mind of god for our lives we will walk in the revealed destiny that we see in the word of god but until you specifically walk in your own personal call until you know that this is what god has called me to do and to become outside of what is already revealed in his word we need to walk in the spirit we need to keep in step with the spirit the bible says since you are now in the faith be careful that you keep in step with the spirit it is the holy spirit that will empower us sometimes it's hard sometimes your children do not listen sometimes your husband makes you feel like being born again is a waste of time but when the holy spirit is there jesus says when he talks about the holy spirit he says the one that will remain with you forever but when you keep in step with you see the holy spirit is there but if when you're not in step with the holy spirit it the, it's not possible that you would know the mind of god that he will reveal the thoughts of god that he will reveal the destiny that god has put in place for you to walk into the great future that god has in store for you you need to keep in step with the holy spirit hallelujah the bible says in the book of romans 28 28:27 that the holy spirit teaches us to walk in the will of god once this will is revealed the holy spirit teaches us to walk in it bazalane nakse bona ngwana hla hanga satse botsa ma i've not seen a child who who just gets up and is like hello mama and they just came out every one of us we go through a process to be who we need to be in god every one of us and the bible says the holy spirit it teaches us if you read the book of romans from the beginning and go down with it it tells you that the holy spirit teaches us to it it gives us life against against the law the spirit gives us life when your body starts to get to a place where you want to cast it out how many how many people know that sometimes you want to cast demons out of your own body Oh you guys are Sometimes you want to cast yourself in Jesus name because there are things you are not falling in line with but the Bible says the Holy Spirit when you read in the book of Romans chapter 8 it says the Holy Spirit is a life giving spirit and the only life that the Holy Spirit can give is the life that is from above it is not the life that is like the life that we find here on earth The Bible says that this Holy Spirit it teaches us to walk in the will of God. As it reveals this will for you, it begins to teach you. It's like you are given a brief at work and you just don't know how am I going to start doing this. But the Holy Spirit says this is how we're going to do it. One step at a time. This is how we're going to do it. But you see Bazalan, if you're not keeping in step with the spirit, you're not able to contain this. You're not able to walk with it. You're not able to deliver it. You're not able to bravely stand and say God says. You're not able to bravely stand and say Jesus loves you. You're not you're not brave enough to talk to your neighbor and say neighbor you know I know that sometimes matlakalakatla go ha ha but that doesn't mean Jesus does not love you And the Holy Spirit teaches us that even though at times our background seems to disqualify us 
the Holy Spirit teaches us and reminds us that the Bible says, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. The Bible says, confess your sins one to another. And the one, if, if, you, if you confess your sins, God is faithful and just to forgive you. There is no condemnation. And you can't allow your past to hold you back. You can't allow the fact, that, remember those posters we have, the fact that your father abused you, you can't allow that to hold you back. The fact that your friends does not think much of you, you can't allow that to hold you back. Because the Bible says that God is not a respecter of persons. Even though I am royalty. Even though I am royalty. When I step in the bus, I get in a bus. And royalty has come in the bus. And you can start saying, Jesus saves. Because you see the things of this world, the things you think qualifies you, they do not qualify you. Jesus, the fact that you've given your life to Jesus, that qualifies you. That gives you a destiny in God. That gives you a greater future. That gives you a place of glory, as the Bible says. Hallelujah. The fact that, Muzalwani, you don't work and you don't earn an income and you don't wear a white jersey like me, it does not make you any less. Because the Bible says, God does not respect, respect me because I wear a nice jersey. God looks at a heart that is obedient to him. God looks at a heart that says, I love you, Lord. I may not have meat and give my children cabbage every day, but you are still Lord. You still reign. My children may not listen to me, but you still God. And we will walk this and I will fulfill what I need to fulfill in you. Your children do not disqualify you. Like Muruti said last week, none of us in here are supposed to be elders anyway. So nothing disqualifies us. We can do what God has called us to do. The fact that you come from a poor family, Mzalani, it does not hold you back. Hallelujah. Whether you are divorced, it doesn't matter what it is. You can name it. You know there's names, ne? People name things names. Whatever names you have been carrying from tonight, cut them off. Because they are derailing you from fulfilling your destiny. The, the one that Paul says, I have run the race. I have fought the good fight of faith. Mzalani, you need to live your life such that you can speak like Paul. And say, I have done this. For Jesus I have. Not for us. I do not belong to myself. He says, the life that I now live, I live no longer in my, for myself. But I live in God through Christ Jesus. We do not belong to ourselves anymore. And this destiny God has set for us, this set of events that we need to go through, it is so God can be glorified. Hallelujah. I want us to look at examples. The Bible has a set of examples for people who lived for God in the Bible or in the past. Who lived for God and walked with God. Some are good examples, some are bad examples of people who had destiny, but they never got to fulfill it. 
of those who had destiny and they fulfilled it and they saw the glory of the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, let's look at Mzalwani bad examples first. Can we do that, Mzalwani? Is that fine if we start with bad first and end with good? Vivian, is that fine? She's not smiling. And I know she's taking notes. She's going to get home and say, <clears throat> Man, I can understand. What were you saying exactly? Hallelujah. Let's look at Samson. When we read the book of Judges, chapter 13 and 14, we read the story of this wonderful man. Before he was born, the angel appeared to the mother and said, you are going to have a child. The parents were barren. You're going to have a child and he's going to be a Nazarite. Set apart for God from birth until death. This is what, what the destiny for him was. This man was going to live for God from the day he opens his eyes until the day he dies. Isn't that nice? He wasn't going to, he was set apart this one. He was not going to experience sin in a way that we did. Because Jesus was not there. Um, and the Bible says that um, the Holy Spirit led him and empowered him. If you read his story, you will hear that the Holy Spirit took hold of him and then he would just kill everyone. The Holy Spirit was just making him kill everyone. And then, but he, this man had a weakness. His weakness was he loved women. He loved women. There's a story that I read. I don't know if ever my virgin did not explain it very well. The Bible says this man, they are at Ed, Ed, they're gonna go. He goes with the parents. They get a wife, and then they make. He gives them a riddle. Ne? So this wife says, "Oh, but you say you love me, but you don't tell me the riddle." And then he, t and then they go tell. She goes tell them the the answer to the riddle, and then and then they come back. He has to go kill thirty people so that he can bring clothes. You know, he can make a bed work. Okay, but this very woman that he just did this for goes with his wife with his friend. Is that what the Bible says? I thought I didn't read it right. My husband was not there to explain it for me. And then he goes on with another woman, a prostitute. And he just sleeps with a prostitute. And then he's with Delilah. And then, but Bazalani, this is a man who knew before he could have comprehension. He was destined for great things. His parents knew and they, 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 they taught him these things. But this is not what he did. And his downfall, Bazalani, was that he, he loved women. Delilah says to him, um, Delilah keeps asking him, where is your strength? Where is your strength? Where is your strength? You know when you ask your husband, what, what are you thinking about? He says, nothing. What are you thinking about? Nothing. And then, and then Delilah says, how can you say you love me if you can't confide in me? What is love if you can't confide in your wife? And then the man is taken by guilt. And then he tells the wife where his strength is. But sometimes the road that goes to hell, the road that takes us away from our destiny is paved with good intentions. You just want to be nice to your husband. You want to be nice to your children. You want to be nice to your colleagues. But you are giving your destiny away. In the name of wanting to be nice and, and you know, not be perceived as the one who is inadequate or the one who does not love um, fully, you give it away. But this is the sad thing that happened to him. He ultimately killed more Philistines than he had in his life the day he died. 
but he did not kill them as it was said for his destiny. If you read it, he says, God, give me strength so that I can revenge my eyes, my two eyes, he says. This is why the man killed them. He did not kill them because he went through a set of events. No, he killed them because he took a detour and God was gracious to him. But Muzalwani, don't get to a place where you get to revenge your two eyes. Because your eyes were plugged out. You were careless and your eyes were plugged out. Now you want to revenge for your eyes. Be careful. The other example is King Saul. King Saul was appointed by God. The Bible, when you read, it tells how handsome this guy was. And the Bible says he was called by God. God himself said, I want that one. That's the one I want. But Nae, his weakness was disobedience and the need for human approval and applause. Sometimes we want people to applaud us too much. Sometimes we want people to say, Hey, we shall. And every time you want to shire in the name of your destiny. Saul was, was commanded to go kill a nation, destroy everything, but he didn't. He brought back its king. He brought back the, the fattened calves, the fattened sheep. And in the name of wanting to God give a sacrifice. Didn't he know that God says, a cattle on a thousand hills are mine. What do I need from you to give me to eat? But Mzalwani, his life was destroyed. This is what saddens me. As children of God, we walk with God. We hear God. When you read um, um, Psalm chapter 9, he is looking for his father's goats. And the guy that was with him says, there's a man of God in this, in this village. He knows everything. He knows everything. And everything he says is true. Let's go to him. Maybe he can tell us where your father's goats are. They go to the man of God. But when you read further down, I think it's chapter 28, he goes to a sango. A king who consulted with God before, now God has forsaken him before because he did not fulfill what God has said for him to fulfill. He did not, he was not obedient to God. He now goes and consults a sango. Don't be fooled. Even today it happens. That you say Jesus is Lord and then tomorrow you go and say siavum. Okay, it's a joke, ne? but one day, one day is one day. The other bad example is King Solomon. King Solomon was a prophet. It was prophesied that he is going to be an heir. I get In the kingdom. He is going to sit his father's chair. And God gave him wisdom. I mean, God was pleased when he asked for wisdom. He was such, at the beginning, he was such a humble boy. He just asked for, for what was important, not all these things. And God said, because you have asked of me this, I'll give you even more. But then he goes, and, and God warns him in chapter 9 of uh, 1 Kings. Um, yes. God warns him and says, do not ever serve foreign gods. I think God knew his heart. Because then his weakness is not foreign women. You know, he loved all these women that are foreign from, from Israel. Now, these women, they came with a prize because they were saving their gods. How does a man have thousand women in his life? There's only 365 days in a year. 
66 if you are lucky. So, I guess he was having breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah, Lucho says even then, the number doesn't add up. <laughs> this guy was the wisest. The Bible says he was the wisest in the East. He would, he would narrate a proverb with I don't know how many thousands of words. That's how smart he was. But his weakness is just that. And it took his life down the drain. The glory that God had set for him, he did not accomplish it. Because he was now focused with foreign gods. Bazalani, let's not be fooled. Let's not love the world too much. Such that we, we, we leave this that Christ has, has gotten for us. Paul says, I, I, I strive to get hold of that which Christ has gotten hold of for me. It's already there. When you just have to go and get it. Jesus has already gotten it for you. You just have to go and put your hand on it. And he says, I strive to get hold of it. And if we are, if we are going and looking for the world and the things of the world and we are in pursuit of money, pursuit of happiness, pursuit of love, you know, as sisters, we want brothers to love us. You know, we want to be cuddled. We feel warm in this winter night. Mzalwani, the winter night will get you and get your destiny. The good examples is Abraham. The Bible says, God said to him, I'll make you a father of many nations. And God said to him that, yo, they will be counted, like we won't have a number, like there won't be a number. And I'm in that number myself today because the man was obedient to God. The destiny that was set for him, he believed God. God he obeyed God. God said to him, leave your country. Go to a place that I will show you. How many of you will up and go now and you don't know where you're going? Even if you know for sure God said it. You know for sure God said it. How many of you will up and go? Encourage me, man. At least one person. <laughs> but he did it. He listened to God when God said, give me that son of the promise and sacrifice him for me. He, he was a man who knew that I did not have Isaac when I came into this world. And God can decide to strike me dead if I say no. So I'm just going to do what God says I should do. The Bible says he believed that him who has asked him to do this has power to raise the dead. He was hoping for resurrection. Not whether he was going to kill the child. He made mistakes. They got to Egypt with his beautiful wife. He says, I'm going to turn about You are my sister. No, Lady, now they get to Egypt. And now says, Tell them you're my sister, okay? That way I don't get into trouble. And they do it. That was a mistake. The wife says, But God has promised us his child a long time ago. And I don't think I can like this anymore. How about you take my mate servant and just you know, we'll just have that child then. And he goes with the plan. But this is a man that the Bible says he's a friend of God. He believed God. The Bible says it was counted for him righteousness. Now we have to be righteous through the blood of Jesus. 
He had to believe through it to be, to, for it to be counted for him righteousness. For, for Onassin had to be nailed on the cross first. For him, no, he believed God. And what God said worked. And that was it. If God said it, we're going to do it, my wife. If God said it, that's exactly where we're going. He had family challenges. Separation, Lord. And then he had to go back and fetch him from Sodom and Gomorrah. How many of you always have to hold things for God so that you can get your family to be in the same place with you? And then while you're thinking, okay, the next thing about Shaka bomb, oh, pregnant. Or when pregnant. You are battling to feed him. He goes and gets another mouth. But this guy still trusted God and he still loved them. If you, if you, Karkasu Zulubara Snege, I get, you know, you're not you. Hi, that guy, Muna, he was very patient and he loved them. But Basalani, he trusted God. He waited for the promise. He waited, even when his wife gave him a plan and he fell for the plan, Yena, he waited for the promise. And God gave him the promise. And Basalani, he is a very good example for us. And I want to encourage sisters in the house. I know, for me, this is a very, it's very close to my heart. Because I was robbed. But I want to tell you, do not think that a guy can give you anything that God can give you. Don't give what's beautiful. Don't give your pearls and throw them in front of the swines. That's what the Bible says. A wife who's a woman who's not smart, she takes her pearls and throws them in front of a pig. Don't do that. Even if as soon as Asapoloswa run, we don't negotiate anything. We don't negotiate, hey, I come to church. We don't negotiate a thing. Walk away. You are more precious and beautiful. You see, you'd rather come to us and say, you know, today, can you take me out for, for tea maybe, you know, so that I can tell you this thing. You would rather Mzalan cry every day here. We think you are blessed, but you are crying for a boyfriend. <laughs> than for you to go and give it away to a thief. Rather get frustrated as much as you like. Tell God, God, this thing frustrates me. Stay frustrated in God than frustrated with a guy out there and you have disobeyed God. Because Saul disobeyed God and God forsook him. Another example, King David. King David feared and loved God. He just loved God. Even God gives a testimony about King David. He says, this one, this one, his heart is just after me. This one just, ah. Ay, man, he just he wakes up in the morning and his 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 mind, even his brain tells him, seek the Lord. His heart, his spirit tells him, seek the Lord as he wakes in the morning. And he says, Your face, Lord, I will seek. And God says, This one, he just wants my heart. Today what's about God's God's heartbeat is going like that, you know? God's heartbeat is going too fast today. Hey, God, what's the problem? That's like an example that we need to be, Bazalwan. And he also made mistakes. I get a lot of... Yosh, 
Hey, he went and did what? Yeah, Abu Aham nothing. You know how the chamas, ne? Um, shaya ten nil. Kuraglora, I am stumped too weak. No brother long ends a week. No brother ends a week. But he repented of his sin. Bazalani, sometimes we fail God. Sometimes we are disobedient. Sometimes we go off the rail, but we have to come back. And if tonight your life is off track, it is an opportunity. As you hear the word, today, it's the day to repent. Not to, for you to think about it tomorrow, today. And then he believed God. He gets to the enemy, enemy's camp and there's a big giant. He says, give me a man. Give me a man. And then he says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that is insulting the Lord of hosts? This is a man who believed God, who knew that God did it yesterday. He will do it today and he will do it even tomorrow. He said, the God that gave to the beer in my hand, he will deliver you right here. Sometimes at work they look at you and you're like, hey, God, he will bring you right here. But we don't fight for ourselves. We say, you come to me with fear, with spears and fears, weapons and... Yeah, we, we have Miracle City who's in the army. So Yeah, David says, you come with me with these things, but I come to you. In the name of the Lord, the name that is above every other name, at the mention of this name, you will bow. At the mention of this name, you will say, her God is powerful. And God delivered because he believed that God would deliver. My time is gone. He loved God. I've already said that. And Apostle Paul was alone. He's another example for us. The man believed God. He loved Jesus dearly. When you read his, his letters, he talks about people knowing God. You know, he talks like he sat there and spoke to God. He says, you know, God has given me a mystery he has not given to anyone. And whatever Anna he came, other apostles were saying, but believe them anyway. But this is a man who had intense fellowship with God. He sat and had time with God. Hallelujah. He was genuine and jealous for his destiny. The destiny that God gave him, he was very jealous. He said, Barnabas, hakibatli John Mark. John Mark So when I, if you want to go with John Mark, go ahead. You and I can separate. You see, he was at a point where he was saying, you see, you and I can separate, my friend, just so I can do the will of God. For me. I'm not going to let anyone derail me. Even if we are together here, 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 we say Jesus is Lord here. You and I can separate because I am not compromising God's destiny for my life. And that's what Paul was. And him and, 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 and Barnabas, they did great things. But for his own destiny in God, he was very jealous and very protective. And he was genuine. He wasn't just saying things because he wanted people to like him. He had great fellowship with the Holy Spirit. He loved God's word, God's will. He loved the truth. He said to the Galatians, 
you foolish Galatians. Who has lied to you? Who has bewitched you? Because this that you're doing is not the truth that we taught you. He would tell them, anyone who preaches this gospel, anyone who builds differently, hey, he must be very careful. But he had great he had great fellowship with the Holy Spirit. He says that everywhere I go, the Holy Spirit tells me what's going to happen. And even when I know it's going to be hard, I go because I know he is with me. Bazalan, I'm closing now. I don't, I don't close hangout. I just close once. Hallelujah. Um... Romans 8.19 For the creation awaits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. Creation awaits us. The whole creation is awaiting for, excuse me, it's awaiting for us to come out. The children of God to be revealed. The Bible says it waits with eager expectation. You know when a person is pregnant, we say they are expecting again. So if a person expects, that means something is definitely there. So the Bible says the whole creation awaits the children of God, the sons of God to be revealed. Hallelujah. The whole creation. That means there is something of the earth, the heavens, the universe that knows that there is something that God has deposited in us that is yet to come out. And it is eagerly waiting for us. If something is eagerly waited for, that means it is slightly delayed or its time has not come yet. So we are sort of sitting on the edge of the, the seed to to get this thing going or to see this thing happen in our lives. The manifestation of God's manifold wisdom through his children, the church, as the book of Ephesians 3.10 says, that is what God has put in our togetherness as the church. That is, that is what creation is waiting for. That all this that God has put in place that we also don't know of, because we remember need to allow the Holy Spirit to reveal some of it to us. But we need to walk in it, Bazalan, so that what creation is waiting for can begin to, to be birthed forth. Who we are and can do is still an unfolding mystery to all creation. The glory of the children, the glorification of the children of God. In, as we read it in Romans 8.30 where it says he's already glorified us, justified, called, and glorified us. And in the book of 1 John 3 where it says what we are, it has not yet been revealed. But when he comes, we shall see him as he is and we will be like him. Nothing in all creation, including angels, will ever conform to the of Christ Jesus thus manifest his glory but us 
No one else in this world. Hahuna mutu lufatin. In the whole of creation. Pupo nyoshe ya mudimu. Hahuna mutu kapamanye loi. Aka fetulang hotona le kreste. But the Bible told us this morning that we have been called to be conformed to the image and likeness of his son. We are the only people that can become like Jesus. And yet we are not God. And the Bible says that is what the, the, the world is, the creation is eagerly waiting for. Our destiny is to reveal to the whole creation what it means to be like God yet be distinct from him. We have an end that is neither preceded, that is neither preceded nor superseded by anything or anyone before us and is worth all our pursuit in life. Kapa, leta tlang hotla ka morarona. Leo e leng hore. Le ka ba maemong a rona re leng hoona. A hore, modimo o batla hore rona. Re bebo Kriste that's what I just said now. That the, the creation is eagerly awaiting that we should be truly form, conformed into the likeness of his son Jesus. And by so doing, we will be able to manifest the glory of God because we have been given the power to do so and we have the right to do so. But nothing in this whole world is able to do that. Angels are not able to conform to the likeness of Jesus. That is why the, the devil was thrown out of out of heaven. He can't repent. Jesus did not die for him. So he can't confess. He can't conform to be like Jesus. But Bazalan, I want to end with this one. Good deal. See, I'm done, 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 done. Yeah, nobody said that, but it's okay. First John 3. I want to read the verse that I just um, referred to. Okay, let me let me read verse two. Dear friends, um, okay, dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like Him. We we shall see Him as He is. Hallelujah. And the Bible says, let me add there: all who have hope in this. All who have all who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. Hallelujah. Bazalani, the Bible says that what we are has not yet been revealed. What what we should be has not yet been revealed. But when we walk in our destiny, we become more and more like Jesus. Because that's what God has called us to. Where we read earlier on, it says he has called us 
to the adoption, to be adopted as his sons. Jesus says, everything that I have, I, I have learned from my, my father, I have made known to you. There is nothing in this whole world that should rob you of this great destiny. God has blessed you with every spiritual blessing that you need in this life and in the life to come. Whatever it is that you need to live your life and to fulfill your life, God has given it to you. It is up to you to live by it. Background seeks to take us to a place without purpose. Our background seeks to take us to a place where we are not concerned with our destiny and cause our weakness to control us. Give no attention to the things that nurse your weaknesses. Things that make you think that when I saw no, you can't do this, you can't be this in God, give no attention to these things because there's greatness on your life. But energize, but okay, give no attention to things that um, nurse your weaknesses, but to things that energize you towards your destiny and nurture your sense of worth in God because of Christ. Allow yourself to be in line and to live your destiny. For Jesus, do not give attention to the things that give you a place of being weak, but get to a place of being victorious and living for God and fulfill your destiny. I hope you enjoy the rest of the conference. Amen. Hallelujah.